Alright, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Rough Sketch to Final Draft. I am your host, Coach Adam, and we are here in Season 3, kicking things off with an amazing, amazing bit of content starting forward for 2024 as we move forward into this incredible year. Lots of things going on, many people looking for healing, many people having questions, and there's no other better time than right now at the beginning of the year to get your foot in the right direction towards your path in life. And we have an amazing guest today who's here to help us align and understand ourselves at a deeper level, just kicking things right off at the beginning of the year. And to my amazing guest, would you like to introduce yourself for our amazing audience to uh, let them know who you are and what you do? Yes. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. My name is Joanna Snescu. I'm a board-certified traditional naturopath and colon hydrotherapist at the Root Chakra in San Jose. Um, now I consider myself more generally as a hydrotherapist uh, because all of the services that I provide um, are centered around water. So I've got a cold plunge, a far infrared sauna. Um, I'm doing yoni steaming. Um, and like I said, colon hydrotherapy as well, and an ionic foot detox. So everything is rooted in water. I believe that water is very healing. Um, and this year, I am starting a new venture with my brother down in Colombia in South America, where I'm recreating my business, and we will be doing detox retreats with my medicine. So I'm super excited about that as well. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for introducing yourself, and that's amazing. Blessings to you and your brother. Of course, uh, didn't know that ahead of time. So blessings. I think that's amazing. And I guess in that sense, as we kind of move into the topic of this episode right off the bat, because it's such a healing time in the world where we have issues with the food industries and different types of commercialized products and safe space in that truest regard, the world is the way that it is and marketing had to have happened. What was kind of the impetus, the actual real inspiration that shifted you into wanting to... Um, endeavor to be busied with this in your life and have this as a career path to literally be such a, an influencer for this type of healing versus what's going on in the mainstream part of the world. Explain to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I didn't really know anything about this holistic world. I grew up uh, on a standard American diet, as a lot of people would call eating a lot of processed um, frozen foods as well. My parents were super yeah. busy with work. So growing up, we had a lot of home cooked meals, but especially as we moved into the States, uh, life got busier and um, we all just kind of succumbed to, like I said, the standard American diet. Um, I had put on quite a bit of weight and um, I had a lot of skin conditions, acne, eczema, psoriasis. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am now, and my mood was all over the place. And I just wrote it off as normal teenage stuff because, you know, that's just commonly what teenagers deal with. Um, I started working at a holistic center that provides most of the services that I do now, not knowing anything about um, anything really. And I slowly started learning and implementing what I learned there. And over the course of a couple of years, everything started getting better. Um, I felt like this huge dark cloud was lifted off of um, my head. My skin started to clear up. My um, weight started to drop. And I just felt like a completely different person. Um, and it's interesting because when you're living in pain, you have no idea how much pain you're in until you're out of it. 
Um, and once I was out of that pain, looking back on it, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I've been living this way this entire time. And I just wrote it off as normal. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know in the truest sense, right? It's in our blind spots. So, um, I use the analogy often sometimes cause it's an easy one for individuals to kind of patronize and to, um, imagine is that most of us don't have our pilot's license. Anyone out there that does, you know, blessings to you. But at the same time, many of us would step into a cockpit and look around and immediately understand which buttons and which levers that are there to fly the plane that we have no idea what they do. We only have a vague understanding of that. And that means that it's in your blind spot. We don't know. We don't know until all of a sudden you're faced with this uh, interesting challenge in life that sometimes comes up and, and amazing how you overcame that in the truest sense that you rose to this challenge and to be not just someone who went and changed it for your own personal life you became an advocate for others so is that part of the inspiration as well that once you saw that you could actually get past this hurdle you wanted to be there for the change in others journeys yeah i mean um you know going into college i didn't even really know what I wanted to do or study. I just knew that I wanted to help people. So I went into mm. health science, which is an undergraduate public health degree. And um, by yeah. the end of my studies, I slowly started to do, realize that um, public health was very much a psychological uh, degree. And a lot of the things that we yeah. learned in school didn't resonate with me in the sense of um, we were learning how to change people's behavior for people who actually didn't really want to change. And uh, to me, it was very manipulative. And um, I do definitely stand behind public health in the sense of helping people when they want to be helped. Um, but when you're yeah. trying to change behavior to, um, for people who weren't really looking for it, it didn't resonate with me. And so, um, you know, I, I got my degree, I went into public health care. And then no matter what I was doing, I was still the weird one in the break room talking about poop and cleansing and detoxing. And so I knew I had to get back into it. Um, at the time I was working for the, um, uh, original owner of the, the business that I, I started a new business in the same place that I had been working at for six years. So I didn't mm -hmm. necessarily take over, but I, again, I started a new business there and it, yeah. um, it, it really, um, it changed my life. I don't know where I would be today without it. Um, I might yeah. have still been sick and very much depressed and overweight if I didn't stumble upon um, this business. And I, uh, just to kind of back it up, I was a high school student just looking for work. There was a medical plaza down the street from my parents' house. And I was walking into these offices randomly asking if they were hiring. And, um, you know, as the universe has it, it was meant to be. Little did I know that this would end up being my, my career, my life. Um, but yeah. here I am today. Indeed. I'm glad that you are. Glad that we get a chance to share this amazing conversation for the benefit of everyone else who's going to be able to listen to this in now and in the future. Who were some of the influences that uh, sparked some of the changes in your life as well? What were some of the resources that you found that led you down this path of um, seeing through some of the, I don't necessarily want to call them outright lies, just seeing through the marketing that's out there in the world. If someone's trying to sell something out there in the world, they're going to sell you the sizzle not the stake. So I don't want to necessarily say that, you know, marketing in general always is wrong. At the same time, there's a lot of um, menagerie, a lot of illusion that's in marketing out there in the world. Hence the reason why we have the American diet the way that we do. What kind of led you to the pillars that ended up being the people that you followed and you were mentored by that um, inspired you to start looking through the uh, 
the messaging and that you actually led yourself to something that was a lot more uh, enlightening to the words of the truth. Yeah, so um, my mentor, Diane, um, the woman that I worked for for six years in high school and through college, um, she was pretty much the first one who opened my eyes to this world. But I always questioned things, you know, teachers throughout school. um, I wasn't necessarily the favorite person in class because I was always asking why and asking further questions. And, um, you know, the teachers didn't really have answers for me. I'm like, this yeah. doesn't really make sense. It doesn't add up. And um, yeah. I in, intuitively, I feel like I was kind of born with this inquisitive nature. And um, yeah. I think we should ask questions. You know, if something feels off or doesn't feel right or if things don't add up, we should look into it further and um, find those mm-hmm. answers out for ourselves, even if maybe our teachers don't have those answers for us. Um, my my parents also raised me to be very independent and um mm. that also i think um gave me a sense of self-reliance and not necessarily looking to others for answers specifically but finding my own answers as well um mm. and yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah and what were some of the challenges then in the truest sense. Now you had Diana, you had your family. We've got the world in the background, always as the backdrop of everything that's going on. What were some of the challenges that you found as you started to dig and poke and weave through some of these things? What were some of the things that started to arise that um, you knew you had to overcome to change this ideology from the norm of the world to actually understanding the truth? Yeah. I always joke around and say, this is the reason why I don't have friends. I have friends, obviously, but I've lost a lot of friends in the process of, um, you know, not necessarily being the fun one at the party because I'm pointing out all the, (laughs) all the toxic things and, um, you know, maybe the things that we're eating and, um, you know, like one of my biggest pet peeves is, uh, the, the, plastic clothes and the plastic everything and you know people don't realize that our entire environment is pretty much built to kill us um and it's not necessarily fun being around somebody who points those things out when i feel like a lot of people like living in this um this perfect world where you know nothing is killing you and you're doing everything right when there's a lot of things that we could be um, we could be bettering, but I've definitely found my tribe in some sense. I, the, the people that do know, um, I feel like are just drawn to me further because we, we can bond over it, I guess. And, um, I, I don't like, um, I don't like fighting with people in the sense of, you know, when you're ready to to learn more about this stuff, you're going to reach out to me. So I'm never one to try to change people's behaviors um, if they don't want to be changed, right? And you're you're kind of, there's no point to it. You know, when people are ready to see it, they will see it. And everybody has their own journey that they have to go on to come to the conclusions that they need to come to, to live a better and healthier life. Um, unfortunately, some people yeah. get there because they become sick. And, you know, they go to the standard Western conventional doctor and realize that they don't really have any true answers for them, um, which is how a lot of people end up to me. They're like, they've 
they've gone to specialists, they've gone to all the medical doctors and um, nobody had real answers. And then here I am with very simple explanations or solutions to what's going on and they implement them. They're like, oh my gosh, this, this worked. <laughs> and so then they yeah. fall down the rabbit hole themselves, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And one thing leads to the next and one stepping stone gets to another. Yeah. Well, I definitely will say that you're a woman after my own heart in the truest sense of understanding that uh, the healthier road is the right road to go, which is more challenging. But you either have one option to choose between two different you know, opinions in that regard, the pain of doing it now and winning later or the pain of not doing it now and regretting it later. There's really no other way around it. Those are the two ways in which we suffer in almost every single dialectic choice that we are faced with in this life. Um, I definitely think that it's an interesting thing to share with the audience as well. Some of the expertise that you do have and maybe dig a little bit more into it for the benefit of anyone who gets a chance to listen about how deep the rabbit hole might go and I'll completely take any answer for as long as you want. And I'm sure for the audience, leave a like and comment down below for her to be able to just spew forth. And, and the fact of the, how far does a rabbit hole go with the fact of everything being BP oil plastic from the wrappers to the chemical plants that make our candies to the um, soda that we, we end up having. I mean, tell us a lot and tell us a little, you know, about all of these things, please enlighten us. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, we can let's start with heavy metals because I feel like that's a an easy topic to start on. Um, you know, I've got an yeah. ionic foot detox and a far infrared sauna, which pulls out heavy metals, and a lot of people literally sweat black in my sauna. So they'll hop out of the sauna, and there's black little spots in the towels, and they'll say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I swear I showered before coming here." I'm like, "That's not dirt. That's literally heavy metals wow. that you're sweating out." Um, and the body is a natural, um, detoxifying center. So it wants to push things out, but when our entire environment is burdened by heavy metals and toxins and plastics and whatnot, then it has a harder time pushing those things out. And the common question that yeah. I get is where am I getting all these heavy metals from? Well, it's in the food hmm. that you're eating, the water that you're drinking and the air that you're breathing. Right. Um, yeah. And for women, especially, most of our makeup has heavy metals, most of our toiletries, um, you, and like you mentioned, the, the, the wrappers, you can think about, uh, you know, people think that they're doing better by drinking out of a, a steel water bottle, a stainless steel water bottle. I'm like, that's still a metal. I'm sorry. And if you think about all the yeah. pots and pans that you're cooking in, and like you mentioned, the, the plastic wrappers and the aluminum cans and, um, you know, we we know that they're um, spraying metals in the air as well through geoengineering yeah. and our soil is full of that. It's in our food. It's in our water. It's in our air. It's literally in our entire environment. And if we weren't so overburned by it, it would be a lot easier for our body to just push this stuff out. But um, today I do definitely feel like we need some extra help. And if you think of a metal... Um, a mineral is a metal, but we call good good metals minerals, and we call bad minerals heavy metals. And I also mm. think that um, our soil being depleted of the minerals that it needs allows for heavy metals to set in. So the body is like yeah. a sponge, um, and you want to keep that sponge full with good stuff, or else it's going to soak up bad stuff. Um, one of the easy yeah. ways to push out heavy metals is to push out the 
the bad with the good. So like equals like, push out the heavy metals by flooding your body with minerals. Um, but I also believe that all of the electromagnetic frequencies that we are exposed to, all of that electricity, right? Because if you think of the fact that a metal conducts electricity, I actually think that all of the MFs in our environment drain our body of minerals as well, because it takes energy for us to try to put up with our environment in and of itself. Um, And so body is depleted of minerals. Our environment is full of heavy metals. Our food is depleted of the minerals that we need. Um, And then on top of that, we go out of our way to um, surround ourselves with metals. Like I said, with the pots and pans, with packaging, with um, literally everything right so yeah yeah i think that's um one of the easiest examples that i could give you another thing that i would know is that you know some plastics so we now have the um the knowledge that bpa is bad for us and so we'll have plastic bottles that say bpa free but this is this is only one of many plastics that has been studied that doesn't mean that all the other plastics are safe so <laughs> just because it hasn't been discovered yet doesn't mean that it's not bad for you and i think it takes a yeah. little bit of intuition on our end as well um, to discern that and to just think back like is this natural is this going to leach if we heat this up what's going to happen to it um you know there's a little bit of science and physics that goes into that as well but yeah yeah <laughs> Phenomenal. And we'll, we'll keep on diving deep. I just I want to take a hard pause for people to kind of let that soak in there for a second. And just also at the same time, enunciate and illustrate in an articulate manner in the fact of in this show, since day one, now that we're moving into season three, I've never once touched on politics. And it, I'm as far down the middle as it comes. I don't believe in the right or the left. I think that there is no party that really represents my particular beliefs um, in that truest sense. And I, I find that this topic that we're talking about has been so highly politicized that it literally diverts the normal individual who would actually just want to make the right choices for themselves at their grocery store, for their loved ones, when they're buying their products, for their children, for themselves, for their partner, for their family, whatever, that they don't look into it because they thought that the idea was only polarized and only popularized because of the polarization of the of the actual media via the politics battle that surrounds this. And it's so interesting that that's the evidence, you know, coming from a, um, obviously a counselor's background in in my regard um that's the evidence that actually points to it that the normal individual just sitting there at home should be thinking about even as they're listening about this why would politics even throw their hat in the ring if there wasn't money involved in it there really wasn't something to be hidden or something to be paid for to kept hidden or to hide because you can pay for it either way and i think that for anyone that's out there it isn't anything else other than just the blanket truth like is i just genuinely coming from my mouth in the middle as nuanced as it possibly can be. I don't believe in the right or the left. This is food. This is truth. And this is our water. This is our health. And if we don't have health, it doesn't matter whether or not you believe in politics or the spaghetti monster in the sky. It doesn't matter. You'll eventually no longer be here because your health will have deteriorated and you'll have withered away. Um, So what the work that you're doing, one of the reasons even why, and I'll I'll gladly share this with the audience vulnerably and transparently, that I was moved by your your actual content on your Instagram account is because I find that you are such a genuine, authentic practitioner. We'll leave your content um, to be able to find this amazing healer down below, of course, family. Um, 
but you're absolutely just so raw and so real about what you do that I wanted to have this amazing conversation for the benefit of the audience. So let's go into it more. Let's circle back to some of the things that you were talking about with the fact of the, the actual difference between what we call nutrients and what we call heavy metals and really where is a path that people can get started to even start this new type of lifestyle um, to going towards an alternative than what the narrative is out there. Where, where can we even start to kind of pivot maybe in nutrients wise, let's start there. And then where can people start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to kind of touch on what you just mentioned, I personally believe that the truth yeah. is always somewhere in the middle. Um, and anytime that Amen. you go extreme on either side, um, you know, they're, they're both right and they're both wrong, which is why there's so much, yeah. um, so much arguing because people are so set in mm -hmm. their beliefs mm -hmm. and, um, moderation isn't sexy. The middle isn't sexy and people don't like that. They like, um, they like identifying with the side. And since we're talking about food, for example, we'll, we'll split it, um, we can polarize and go like there's the vegans and then there's the carnivores. And I'm like, I think right. anytime that you go down either end, um, you're going yeah. to miss something. And nobody likes to hear that because they like, again, to identify with either the way that they're eating or, you know, they're like eco-conscious or so on and so forth. Yeah. But um, we have to look at both sides and admit that there are some things that they're saying that is true. Everybody's body is different. I don't think there's one right way for everyone to eat. Um, and sure. as far as what people, where can people begin or start? Uh, I find it a lot easier to add things in instead of removing them. So it's going to be a mm. lot easier to start eating more fruits and vegetables than to start removing some of the bad habits that you might have. For example, um, first I like to eat real food, focus on eating real food, get mm. away from the packaged processed stuff. Another incentive to yeah. eating real food is that real food doesn't get taxed. <laughs> so you're going to spend a significant amount of money less uh, of less money yeah. on real food as well, if you want to think about it that way. Um, you know, and my yeah. mentor, Diane, always used to say, because people complain about, well, fruits and vegetables are expensive. Eating organic is expensive. Well, you're either going to pay for it now up front like you mentioned earlier, or you're going to yeah. pay for it later down the line in hospital bills and being sick and not being able to show up for your kids, your family, or your loved ones because you're tired, you're sick, you're feeling like crap, you're, um, you know, your mood is all over the place and you don't get to show up as the person that you could be. So that's where I yeah. like to start. Um, introducing more fruits and vegetables into your diet and if you want to start removing things, look at the things that I would consider fake food. So, um, again, fake or dead food, even it could be real food in a package. And I still mm -hmm. consider that dead food. So look at things that are living fruits and vegetables. A lot of people don't like hearing that because they're again, so set in their ways, whether they're eating one way or another. And, um, we could go down either way and you can talk good and bad about, either side of the, the carnivore spectrum or the, the vegan spectrum or vegetarian. Um, yeah. You know, they're both right. going to have their impacts on the environment no matter what. Um, but, either way. you know, life, life needs to eat life, <laughs> whether that's a living plant or a living animal. And um, yeah. that's just the way nature works. 
know, and I think we need to accept that and not, like you said, politicize it. And um, yeah, I, I think also another place that people can look at is all the chemicals in their environment. So I think it would be very easy to switch out your soap, your shampoo, your conditioner, your makeup slowly it doesn't have, have to happen overnight. It would also be very expensive for you to throw everything out and start over. I usually tell people finish what you have at home and then start fresh with something that's better. And um, the more you know about this stuff, the more you're going to realize that, you know, absolutely nothing. Even today, I'm constantly finding more things out and um my clients teach me so much about so many things as well they're like oh have you heard of this have you heard of that um so yeah just look at your environment um and switch out the things that are easy to switch out i think uh getting rid of your antibacterial soap which is killing the microbiome on your skin and all the good bacteria that live on there for example um, getting rid of your hand yeah. sanitizer and switching over to, I don't know, a coil, colloidal silver um, gel, for example, which isn't going to kill the bad bacteria. Um, those are easy places to start um, down the rabbit hole, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the uh, the axiom phrase for the uh, the talk, isn't it? The, uh, the rabbit holes. There's many to go down out there in the world. <laughs> there really, really are. And I'm happy to do it. Right. So let's uh, let's let's chase those rabbits. But, you know, um, being someone who is a fitness enthusiast and someone who has burnt the candles at both ends from skydiving to rock climbing to surfing on a regular basis, health and fitness has just been in my world since I was a kid. Um, I was raised very poor when we came from um, Europe. When my father and I came here. Well, I used to be homeless a long time ago before we actually came here. When we came here, we had almost no money. Um, my father and I would uh, get up early in the morning and we would work on the, the rental homes that we had that we were being able to do. This was back in the 80s. Uh, we could put $5,000 down on a house and be able to literally you know, be in it kind of a thing and start the payments. And we would fix the plumbing and the pipes and the um, cabinetry and the carpentry and everything else like that. And then we'd find a renter. So my father and I used to actually sleep in the back of our car for a little while while we had almost nothing to be able to eat. Um, and nutrition was just ever since I was young, a huge issue, right? While we were going through these things, so as I got jobs and as I became uh, older in life and started doing sports and things like that, I started realizing the importance of what to eat and how to eat. And it just became something that you end up focusing on again, because it's the situations and circumstances we find ourselves in sometimes. And we all do, right? We all have these circumstances and, and challenges that arise in our lives. And we find ourselves at these impasses of whether or not we're going to make a decision or have the decision made for us. And that's really the truth. And I'm going to say that one more time for the benefit of the audience in the sense that we either choose to make a choice or by not making a choice, the choice will be made for us. And that's when you're either on the power side of your life making the direction choices or whether or not you're sitting back and being a spectator, right? I'll, I'll never, I mean, safe space and taking 10 steps back. I'll never use the idea about victim. The term that's thrown around a lot out there in the world today, all victimhood and so on and so forth. That's not us. That's not the rough sketch final draft family. There's a, a more um, equanimity way to come about it. There's a more loving, safe space way to come about things. People are on their growth journeys, as we said at the very beginning of this, at this episode. And where we are is where we are. And if you aren't ready to jump off that ledge yet because you're afraid of heights, that's not something to hold someone else accountable over their head. It's a moment to look at them and say, I see you and you are seen. I hear you and you are heard. 
And let's work on getting your courage up to make that choice to jump off that ledge, right? It isn't as scary as you think and kind of work with them that way. So whenever people are trying to make this shift in their lives to tie this in together, in the fact of when they're going to make a choice about their health and really start taking it seriously, there are challenges. You have your society. You have your family. You have the favorite dishes that your mother, your your mima, your grandmother, your community loves cooking for you and everything else like that. If all of a sudden you're sitting at the table and everyone else is having carne asada and you're not, you're going to be judged. You know that. If you don't have what everyone else is having, it's going to take place. And of course, I'm saying this directly to anyone that's listening at home because I know this is going to resonate with all of you. The choice, though, is whether or not you're making the right choices for yourself. And just like Joanna said not too long ago, it's going to be either you make the choice now or you're going to make the choices later. So if your family judges you a little bit while you're making the healthy choices for yourself in the present tense, but you're going to be able to be viable for them later on in life and maybe for your grandchildren and your children's world and however you can function that way, you got to take a little bit of the heat up in the front part of your life and shoulder that for a couple of months, a couple of weeks, however it is until they get used to this is your new diet and they're seeing you in a new way. You're starting to see the changes in your life and they're inspired by what you're doing and maybe you can be a light for them in their life and their journey. Joanna's amazing and inspiring in that sense and one of the reasons why I'm even drawn towards all of this and the reason why she's here today as an amazing guest is the fact of you can be that change for others by you going through that transformational moment in your journey. It can be the story that ends up being what matters to someone else's journey of I'm going to do this now because I saw someone do it that it, they made it look so easy. And if they can, then I can. So pay close attention to your heart and what you want for your life and pair that with what Joanna is saying in the sense, because she really is being an advocate for you while she's sharing this all for this amazing conversation of today. She knows of what she's speaking and she's helped dozens, hundreds of individuals make a change in their life. And if I may, I'll pivot now that I've had a little bit of a moment there, because always in the middle of the episode, I like to kind of kind of coalesce the episode for everyone to be able to hear and make sure that we're all ruminating on the same page together. We're hitting that 30 minute mark. So it's more of those moments where everyone who's listening is like, can we remember what we just got done talking about for the past 30 minutes and then bring it to the foreground? Can you share now a little bit about um, the people that you've had an impact on their lives? We've talked about Diana, your amazing parents and the transformation journey that you've been through. We'll get more into that, but um, how about, the people's lives that you've had an effect on. How has that made a difference in your world? Share a little bit about us uh, with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, something. So I am a quantitative therapist, so I work with poop. And early on in my career, I would ask clients, are you regular? Are you regular? You know, and it was either yeah. a yes or no question right. until I had a client who said, yes, I'm regular. I go once a month with my period. And that's when I realized that, you know, this isn't something that we talk about. How are you supposed to know what regular or normal is when you have nothing to compare it to? Um, so now I, I ask specifically how many times a day or how often do you go to the bathroom? And people tell me once a day, once a week, once a month, for example. And, um, you know, because gut health is what I mainly work with, some of the biggest impacts that I've seen are with people who go to the bathroom once a week and they've gone to the bathroom once a week, their entire lives. Mm -hmm. And now they're going once, twice a day, which 
to me in and of itself is life changing because when you're backed yeah. up, you're bloated, you're um, it's painful. It, it creates a lot of back pain as well. Um, people are, uh, especially women, but men as well, they're, um, they're self-conscious, you know, they're, they're bloated. They've got a gut. They don't want to wear anything tight. And, um, I often say, you know, the, the men with the beer bellies where they look small from the back, but they've got this big belly in the front, the, the Mm. stomach is generally hard. That's not fat. You're, you're literally full of crap. Right. And they, they have no idea. And they're going to the bathroom once a day or once every other day. And um, that's their normal, right? Like I mentioned earlier, you have no idea how much pain you're in until you're out of pain. And you have this big aha moment and say, oh, my gosh, this is I've been living like this this entire time. And I had no idea that there was a better way. Um, Mm. I also just want to mention a little bit off topic and tangent. But one of my favorite quotes is that you never step in this into the same river twice. So your body is constantly changing. And the way that you should be eating today isn't necessarily the way that you should be eating in a few months from now or in a few years from now, because we're going to have different needs as well. Um, And as you're learning things, and I do believe in trial and error, error, pay attention to how your body feels 20, 30 minutes after your meals. Are you gassy? Are you bloated? Are you lethargic? Are you ready to fight or flight? You should have energy as well. Um, don't be afraid to let go of old beliefs. Don't be afraid to, to change your ways either and to experiment with new things and just really trust the way that you feel. And if something feels good, it's probably good for you. And if something doesn't feel good, it's probably not good for you. Um, but overall it's, it's mostly been with digestion, digestive related things, which like I said, it, it ripples out into all areas of your life. Um, even intimacy right if you're backed up you really don't feel comfortable being intimate with someone if you are running to the bathroom every hour you really don't feel comfortable going out with your friends and enjoying a meal or a hike because you're you know is there going to be a bathroom available there um i have a lot of clients that i've had to work through their um their insecurities of not going to the bathroom at work right because they're like oh well i don't feel safe going to the bathroom there or they they spend the weekend at their boyfriend or their girlfriend's house and then they don't poop the whole weekend because you know they just don't feel um they don't feel comfortable going to the bathroom and you know this everybody poops right um and it's been also working with a lot of mindset and and beliefs that people have had and trying to break through those barriers um, so that they can yeah. live a, a comfortable, healthier life. It's true enough. The lack of ability to feel comfortable in one's skin comes in many shapes and forms, does it not? In the truest sense that it can be from the way our hair looks, the way our face looks, the way our body feels, and certainly when it's on an internal side, that has huge ramifications on whether or not you feel even safe with being you in the truest sense you're uncomfortable you're bloated you're out of shape and it is something that um is very personal in that truest regard it really does genuinely come down to a self-image self-worth kind of moment and i would imagine of course many of those who are the listeners from your audience of the people that you've helped they're grateful to you in that regard because it was something that they didn't know that they had any power over and all of a sudden just like the american diet as we tying all this in always together with beautiful bows you're eating what you think you're supposed to be eating. 
So all of a sudden, when the reaction starts taking place and you see people around you having the same reactions, you don't think that it's any different, but you don't feel good, right? And it's kind of one of those moments where all of a sudden you don't know what you don't know, but all of a sudden you're hitting a, a, a wall where it's like, but I don't want to feel this way anymore. And there's got to be an alternative. And I think that in that truest sense that what you do is just incredible with being able to be there to uh, be a light for others. So let's continue going. What else can we do? Well, going back to the, I guess, recommendations in the truest sense for drinking. We had talked about don't have the metal can. Let's circle back to those types of things. Do we want to avoid plastics wherever we can? What are your your recommendations for people to start finding better ways to filtrate their water and their liquid sources? Yeah, definitely um, avoiding the metals, avoiding the plastics. I personally believe a glass water bottle is best. Nothing beats that. Um, Filtering your water, I think, is good. Depends how filtered your water is. Sometimes you might want to add minerals back into your water. If you have a a reverse osmosis system, for example, which, you know, in the water filtration world is the gold standard, um, you know, just be conscious that if, I know some people who drink distilled water and they've been drinking distilled water mm. for years. If you, if you feel great on it, I'm never one to talk you out of doing something that you feel good on, regardless of my knowledge and my beliefs. Um, yeah. But consider adding minerals back into your water as well. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, uh, adding things is a lot easier than removing things. But sometimes, and a lot of times, you can actually find substitutions. So the two things um, drink-wise that I find my clients often struggle with is coffee and alcohol. You know, they just can't do without their coffee. They can't do without their their alcohol or their beer. And there are healthier alternatives out there to that. Um, For people who can't do without their coffee, I'm like, I ask one thing of you, just don't have it on an empty stomach. Don't have it be the first thing Mm. that goes in. Have a little bit of food first because it's very acidic. It's going to affect the hydrochloric acid in the stomach. It's later down the line. It's going to um, help prevent you from digesting your food properly and lead to like acid reflux and heartburn. And you're wondering where that's coming from. Um, and then alcohol. There's like people will not do without their beer. This is how they relax at the end of the day. Um, you know, who am I to judge? And we, we can go into again. If you don't want to get rid of it, I'm not going to try to try to talk you into getting rid of it. But have you heard of hard kombucha, right? Which is something, Mm. um, now it's a fermented drink that is going to have all these incredible probiotics that are going to be good for the gut. But a lot of them still taste like beer. They're still fizzy. They're still going to give you the little buzz maybe that you're looking for from beer. Again, not to necessarily promote that, but if this is what you want to do, there are better, healthier alternatives that we can look into and if that's the place yeah. that we need to start at, meet people where they're at, right? Um, and so yeah. we're going to start there before trying to completely remove coffee or alcohol from your life. Um, I think it's a lot easier switching them out or changing just the timing, for example, like I mentioned with coffee of um, of how you can, of when you can have it. Um, yeah. Water is definitely a source of heavy metals because water has to pass through a metal pipe to get through you generally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's people who will buy alkaline water. I think the store-bought alkaline water will lose alkalinity over time. I am a much bigger fan of spring water that is alkaline at its natural source. So alkaline spring water mm-hmm. that is alkaline 
in its natural state. It didn't go through an alkalizing process. Usually there's these fancy machines that alkalize your water. Um, I think it'll keep its alkalinity a lot better. And we can go into alkaline water if you want us to help. But that's like, again, a whole different tangent. What, like, there are people who literally their entire business is water, teaching you how to drink water, yeah. what kind of water. And they could talk about this for hours. And that sure. is its own rabbit hole to go down on. Um, but, yeah. you know, it also looking at things in your life that, you are consuming a lot of and water is one of those things that we generally consume a lot of and if all day every day we're mm -hmm. drinking out of a plastic bottle then that's something that we could easily switch over to a glass bottle and i think it would make a a really big difference and all those plastics and metals are going to affect our hormone levels um you know a lot of men wonder why they have low t a lot of women wonder why they have high estrogen um all of these are um going to affect hormone levels in the body and something as simple as switching out your plastic or metal water bottle to glass, I think would have a significant impact on it. Mm. I love it. Well, you're the expert in that truest regard. So we, we are the sponge listening to everything that you get a chance to share with us. So pour forth your wisdom, Joanna. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely say that the, um, the truth of going down a, a different rabbit hole, I think would be an excellent episode to maybe have you on for season four. As we go forward, chat, leave a comment down below and let us know how much you love Joanna. would love to have her come back if she will have us in that regard and be back. Um, but to go down a rabbit hole and talk about the fact of how all these chemicals are changing our metabolic rate, our endocrine system, our defense mechanisms, our digestive systems, our literally our microbiomes inside of our, our gut bacteria in the wrong and right ways and just throwing things off and affecting our thyroids and the studies that actually show that once you even go to a thyroid specialist, even if you could have been treated before, once you get put on the thyroid medication, you'll never be able to not be able to regulate your thyroid healthily ever again after you've been put on that medication. Just the way in which our diet, for the benefit of this amazing audience, our diet is affecting things like that. Then you go innocently to a doctor wearing the, the gods, you know, new version of the ancient Egyptians, you know, the gods of old white lab coat, and they tell you and prescribe to you whatever they think that you, they should. Because, of course, they're working for pharmaceutical companies and so on and so forth. Not just to say that it's all bad, but it's more the fact of if you knew that someone had a reason to push particular products to you versus just the kindness of them wanting you to get better, then there might be something to look at in there. There isn't nothing to see there. Um, and then you'll understand that the diet is where all of these things could stem from and you can radically change your life. You're going to get your hair back. You're going to get your eyesight back. You're going to get your skin quality back. You're going to feel younger. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to legitimately lose weight in the, um, what do we use as the axiom term earlier? I know that it's a technical term. Poop. Is that the poopy? Is that the one that's going to be for this episode is the, uh, the fun term. Right. So you're going to be cleared out. You're going to be literally lighter. You're going to lose the weight and you're going to be a better, brighter you. So the, the message that um, Joanna has for us today is just absolutely incredible in that regard. And I, of course, I have to remember to do this. I'm going to take a hard pause and remember to say, if you're liking the content, please like and subscribe down below. I have to do that now more often. Thank you so much, community, for uh, always reminding me to share that with the audience. But um, at this particular point in time, Joanna, you've been such an amazing guest. And I want to always give 
grace to every single one of the amazing individuals that come here on the show. I usually always want to give you the wrap up for the end of the show. Is there something on your heart that you want to share with the audience? Is there something that you want to bring up as a topic for us to discuss for the next couple of minutes, usually for the next 15 or 20, it's completely yours. And I want to be able to dispose that to you. So is there something you want to bring up and to chat about your times now? Um, yeah, sure. So you're more in the space, the fitness space, um, and, you know, diet and fitness hand in hand. Uh, the majority of, uh, my health, uh, outcomes have been from diet. And a few years ago, I, I, I've been living in chronic pain for over 15 years. I would wake up in pain. I would go to bed in pain and I tried everything under the sun holistically to try to get out of pain and everything helped a little bit, but, um, I, nothing actually got to the root of the problem and I'm hypermobile. So I'm loosey goosey. And I got to a point where anytime I would exercise, I would be in pain, but I knew that I had to exercise because that's what yeah. would keep my body, my structure together. And a couple of years yeah. ago, I fell into the um, corrective exercise world or functional training. And what I realized was the, the fallacies or the misinformation that we see in the food world actually also exist in the fitness mm. world. And, you know, a lot yeah. of people get injured, right? You're in your twenties or your thirties and you end up with a slip disc or an injury. And, um, I also want people to, I guess I want to plant a seed, um, for people to, to know that there's also a lot of fallacies in the fitness world as well, as far as what to eat and how to train. Um, and if something is causing you pain, it's probably not good for you. And um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you would add to like to add to that, because like, I know this is definitely your space and your, your specialty mm-hmm. and what you've found um, in that regard. Absolutely. And uh, I would never, take away anything that you just shared in the truest sense. I am in 100%, 110% alignment in the truest regard. And also, by the way, I want to hold space for you. I did not know that that was something that you were going through. So as we get to know each other more and more, I want to just send love and light. Um, I, to the question, definitely have seen plenty of horrible advice, horrible supplements. Um, terrible regiments. Uh, there's programs out there. Don't necessarily mean to call them out by name at the same time. They're completely unregulated and legitimately when you take them home and buy the DVD, just because it's an influencer of some kind, if you follow these workouts, people are getting damaged and hurt and so on and so forth. And then these larger companies have the opportunity to also be able to carry that lawsuit right on the other end of things because if someone gets hurt at home then there's a huge stack of lawyers behind that amazingly well-funded company that sold x amount of billions of copies of these go home and do your workouts and they did they slipped their disc they pulled a shoulder they tore a, a ligament um they had some sort of a calf you know hyperextension or something else that effect and of course who else can they hold accountable other than the director that was actually inside of the recording studio um, for the fitness thing. And it's, it's hard to track it down. Is it the influencer side? Is it the company at large that actually made it happen? And again, I'm not all for regulation, but it's unregulated. And if you just go to a training regiment somewhere, 
and the individual doesn't have a holistic approach with a big enough background to understand really where to meet particular clients' customized needs to understand. I mean, they might have a basic understanding for the most part of anatomy because they took a certification. However, if someone's got a slip disc and someone has a knee or surgery or injury from the past and all of a sudden now they just became your client, that's a Monday. They just sat down in front of you. It's a two-year-old injury. And now you're going to be working out with them. And this is the first time you've ever hurt and worked with a hurt and so on and so forth. That's an interesting spot to be. If they don't know how to matriculate you through a proper regiment, a proper plan, a a customized step-by-step moment that actually really does adhere to your particular circumstances and challenges, you could exasperate that injury tenfold. And it could go out of control and it could be something that you don't know about until 10 or 20 years down the road when all of a sudden those workouts that you thought you were just pushed through it kind of an idea. This this old adage from the 60s and 70s, which, you know, safe space, I get it. That was the best that they had at that time. A bunch of Arnold Schwarzenegger type enthusiasts that want to just go to the gym and find someone who is big and listen to them, right? Or go to the, the fitness studio and see someone who is a, a female who is incredibly fit, listen to her all meaning well, but you also might end up hurting someone if you really don't know what it is. So tread with caution, find someone that knows what they're doing and really go through the process of understanding some of their before and afters and speak to some of their, um, their clients that they've worked with before. This is a huge concern in that truest regard. So I certainly align with you in, in um, understanding that there are pitfalls to watch out for in the fitness and health industry in general. And I think, I think the world is becoming so much more health conscious. And so I'll put that out there into the universe and manifest that uh, for the future as well, together, also family, that everyone is becoming more adept and more um, integrated into this from such a younger age. By the time that we're maturing in our 20s and 30s, which obviously the next generation that's going to be ahead of us, the one that's you know 10 to 15 years old now, as they replace us in the next 10 to 15 years, They'll have already all of our knowledge and they'll be able to know this stuff cold and it'll be a better way of the world as we move forward. And that's my highest hope. So I want to wrap it up with a um, a happy thought, though I definitely think that it is such a temperamental industry indeed. So, but please go on. If, there, if there's anything else to add, I certainly align with you 100%. And I don't want to give you a, a full loving answer. So there you go. Yeah, no, I... Um... I love it. I think the, so I, when I fell down into the functional training world or corrective exercise world, so to speak, um, the big thing that was kind of ingrained in me was to not do isolated exercises because when you're doing Mm -hmm. isolated exercises, you're creating compensations. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I found that the truth is always somewhere in the middle that that is true, but maybe you need isolated exercises when something isn't firing up, right? For a lot of people, their lats yeah. aren't firing up, for example. And how are you going to get the lats to fire up in a compound movement that is using your entire body? Then again, you're creating a compensation, right? And something else is going to take over that isn't supposed to take over and you're going to end up in pain or pull something. Um, and mm. so it, it was just very interesting that once I dove into the fitness world, um, coming from the, the the food world, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. literally the same fallacies where 
you've got these two camps that are fighting against each other and they're like, no isolated exercises only, no full body exercises only. And it's like, there's, there's truth to both of them. And there's, there's fallacies to both of them. And um, I think at the end of the day, another, another truth is time and place, right? There's a time and place where certain things are appropriate and certain things are not. Um, You know, some people will say, well, you need an anterior pelvic tilt for this or a posterior pelvic tilt for this. And again, it's time and place. Some exercises, you might want an anterior tilt. Some exercises, you might want a posterior tilt. So it's not, um, it's not a blanket state, uh, a blanket answer. And um, just keep that in mind as you're going down the rabbit hole of in the health world, which includes fitness and, and food as well. And I, like you mentioned, I do have uh, high hope. I think a lot of people, thanks to the internet, which has its downfalls as well, but one of the great things is this incredible access to information, easy and quick information that mm. we've never had before, where um, yeah. you know people can get better faster um, as they're finding the resources to do so. So I do have very high hopes for a future. I think, especially in the last decade, more and more people have gotten healthier. They, they're realizing that um, our world is toxic, our food is depleted, and um, people are starting to eat better and move better and more wisely as well. So I'm very excited about that. Amen. Agreed. 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 I definitely agree. I, I think in the sense that... Um, to tie in with what you're saying, I resonate with you so much. It's it's not a one size fits all. We'll just we'll kind of tie it up there for the audience too. Okay, so like legitimately, all of you listening at home and all of you getting a chance to watch us on YouTube later, it's not a one size fits all. Not your diet, nor is your workout. And let's tie it all the way back to the very beginning of the episode, where it really is the fact of make sure you are in alignment with where you want to go on the goals that you have, despite your family, despite your influences around you, what you really want for you, and then that allows you to at least go after what you want. To articulate this with a training regimen and also with a diet regimen, a boxer does not train like a triathlon. A triathlon does not train like a swimmer. A swimmer does not train like a bodybuilder. So all of these are different. And then to tie in Joanna's skills and backgrounds, each one of those, a swimmer does not have the same diet as a boxer. A boxer does not have the exact same diet as a gymnast. And they definitely do not have the same diet as a bodybuilder, not even close. <laughs> That's totally an, a different animal all on its own. And everyone who's part of this community and the amazing Lisa that was a guest of ours for the last uh, season, season two, um, we all know that. It's, it's a challenge in and of itself, and it's unique. So if you want to think about what the goals you want to resonate with what Joanna is really sharing, and I resonate 100% with her, figure out your goals. Figure out you. Coming from a coaching perspective, that's where we're both lovingly coming from. Figure out who you are. Right, And she said at the very beginning of the episode, the more that you learn, you learn how much you don't know. Again, even to quote Socrates, he was the smartest man in the universe because he knew that he knew nothing. So the more that you know, the more that you know that you don't know. So definitely the idea of what you think you think you want for yourself right now may not be really what you want. It might be because of the influences around you. So what we're asking you to do is separate yourself from that for just a moment, at least even just in your mind, and to figure out what you want. And then if you want to lose weight because of reasons why, if you want to do it because you want to become a hiker, if you want to become a swimmer, if you want to become a a jogger, whatever it is, then those will answer the diet regimens and the requirements that you're going to need for you and the training requirements for you to become a better that, whatever that in quotations category is that you want for yourself. So 
and absolutely watch out for the pitfalls on all sides because there's a lot of individuals out there lovingly, nothing against the marketing industries, but um, they're trying to sell you a product. They're not trying to sell you your health. They're trying to sell you a product. So be careful. That's what Joanna and I are lovingly saying. Just be careful. So um, Joanna, I'm leaving you with the last closing comments. What would you like to add and say to the uh, the audience and also let them know where they can find you also, let them know where, where they can find you. Yeah. So, um, my business, the root chakra.com. Um, if you're interested in the retreats, detox retreats, Columbia.com on Instagram, I'm SDH spa at SDH is in South Bay holistic SDH spa. Um, and I'm sure that you're going to link this in the show notes as well, but I just want to thank you for having me on here, yep. having such a raw conversation with me also being vulnerable in this conversation as well. Um, and, you know, I guess I'll leave you with not being afraid to change your mind. Um, as you're learning new information, mm -hmm. do not be afraid to, um, to change your mind about things. I think it's okay. I think it's okay to recognize that you were wrong in the past and that you found new information and now you're going to go with this. And, um, you know, maybe in the future, you're going to find new information on top of that and you're going to change your mind. And I think that's completely okay. And um, it should not be feared. You do not uh, create your identity around your, your beliefs and uh, allow yourself to let go of those belief systems. Amen. And well said. Would that mean that uh, life is a rough sketch to a final draft and don't get worried about it in the middle? <laughs> I absolutely love the, the title of uh, rough sketch to final draft. I think um, everything in life is a continuing journey. And I'm sure that if you ask any published author or any artist that has a finished work of art, they if you ask them if there was something that they could go back and change, there's always something that you could add. And um, life is a continuous rough draft. <laughs> Amen. Well, Joanna, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. And I'm sure that the family is going to love you and embrace you as always. Fam, don't forget to look for her down in the, uh, the description down below. Thank you again for being an amazing guest on this show. We're honored to have you. And we'll have you again, hopefully, if you'll have us again in season four. So thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Of course. Cheers, everybody. Thank mm -hmm. you.